0: Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill.
1: Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get a good mood every single week. And today we are talking with one of my bros from a long time, Josh Painter, who wrote the best-selling book, best-selling Wall Street Journal book, best-selling on Amazon, best-selling on Barnes & Noble. The book is the best version ever. Josh, my man, welcome to The Good Mood Show.
2: Thanks, Matt. It's been a while.
1: Man, uh, Josh is one of the coolest people you will ever meet. He plays drums in bands. He's a dedicated father. Uh, He's a leader, a coach, a speaker. He's created his own charity. And as I mentioned, he's an author of just an awesome book, and we're going to get into Best Version Ever today. Specifically, what you're going to learn today is how to create your best version ever and what gets in the way from us living this best version of ourselves we possibly could be. And be sure to stick around to the end. Josh and I have one question that will help you identify what your best version ever looks like. Um, And also, we've got a free resource for you. There's the Best Version Ever Game Plan, which is a PDF you can download instantly if you go to goodmoodshow.com and sign up for the newsletter, or just reach out to us on our contact page, and we will send it over to you. Um, And so Josh founded the Best Version Ever community after realizing that most people live a life that others expect of them and not a life that is true to themselves, uh, but since then, he's built and sold a successful real estate company, started his charity, and now he's living his life as the best version of himself he can be. And, you know, Josh, I just kind of want to start out with why Why do we do this? Why do we live our life on autopilot?
2: I think that there's this um, maybe unwritten narrative that we're all trying to follow. Um, I don't know if we took it from our parents or took it from people that we, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we just, we saw people doing certain things and thought, oh, that's just the progression of life, right? That's what I'm supposed to do. So when I was 17, uh, I knocked up my girlfriend in high school and then there were a very, various things that I thought I was supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to marry her. I thought I was supposed to go get a full-time job no matter what it was, you know, just pay the bills thought i was supposed to get bills right thought i was supposed to buy a house and do all these things so i you know i think we just i I, obviously not everyone but there are a lot of people out there living this life that are are other people's expectations and what really uh, motivated me was um you know bonnie rare wrote the top regrets of the dying um, she, you know, she was a hospice nurse. Spent tons of time with people in their last moments, and she started talking to them. And she noticed that the number one regret of those dying was, "I wished I'd lived. I wish I'd lived a life true to myself and not the one others expected of me." And so that seems to be this common theme out there, and it's probably my biggest fear.
1: You know, I, I think about this a lot, and I love that book. Because it's so it's it, it we're kind of like lost in this progression from we're raised by our parents who have expectations of us, you know, and all of our parents kind of have different expectations, but maybe it's uh, don't be too loud or don't be too noisy or don't stand out or don't make me look foolish." And then we go into, you know preschool and kindergarten, and we have the expectation that then there's, you know, grade school. And then this expectation that then there's middle school. And then this expectation that then there's high school. And then there's like this expectation of then I'm either going to go to college or I'm going to get a real job. And then I'm going to get a wife and then I'm going to have children and then I'm going to have a house and a mortgage and bills. And then one day at this golden moment, there's this expectation I'll get to retire and then I'll die.
2: Yeah. It's funny you say that. I I'll never forget. And I still have, I still have my third grade report card, uh, because, um, my teacher wrote something that was just so inspiring and motivational. Um, it was a negative, but it was so like, um, inspiring. She said, uh, Josh needs to understand that he doesn't have to be the best or first at everything he does. And I thought, why wouldn't you want to be your best at everything you do? So, I mean, I remember being a, a little kid and wanting to excel at things. Right. But here's a teacher, you know, right. She's got her expectations and no, you don't have to be uh, the best at everything. So, you know, that was one of the things I, I mentioned in the book is that if our life is a song, right. Like music and I, a lot of things relate to music. Cause I just love music. Yeah. Um, We'll spend, our. it's like, what you said is like spending your whole time listening to the song, waiting for the last note to hit. Yeah. Right. And meanwhile, you didn't dance the whole time the song was playing because the whole time you were waiting for that last note to hit. And it's like, no, just dance.
1: The last enjoy, note. Enjoy the, the music. The last note of our life, like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Let's get to the next step, the next step, the next step. Well, the, the, the last yeah. step is we die.
2: Yeah, imagine t- t- waiting throughout the whole song for the last note to hit. It's like you missed the whole thing.
1: Man, there's a quote that uh that I think about all the time and it's most of us tiptoe through our life trying not to be noticed so we can slink yeah. into our graves without ever making any waves.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, if you love to stay in good moods as much as I do, be sure to hit the subscribe button on the Good Mood Show podcast. That way, we could get you a good mood every single week. And look, if you know someone else that could use a good mood, share the show with them. Send them a text message. Let them know about the Good Mood Show, and let's brighten up the world. You said most people live this way on autopilot because it's scary not to. What do you mean by that?
2: I mean, it's scary to rock the boat and change your life and take massive action uh, especially when you can be facing failure right maybe it doesn't work out it, for for a lot of people it is scary to take these you know massive actions and then you know sometimes the pain of staying the same and living the same has to become greater than the the pain of possible change before people will even take that action right like a lot of times you know the change seems scary and 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 painful and more painful just staying the same, so yeah, that's kind of the idea on that.
1: Well, you you were a corrections officer, tell, for
2: five years. Yeah. T-
1: tell us what that looked like, and and five years is a long time. And, yeah. And why why you continue to do that that job that you didn't particularly find passion in?
2: Yeah, so I don't I don't know if most people grow up thinking that that's what they would find themselves into, um, or you know find themselves into as far as a career or job. I was a young probably 21 years old. Um, I think it was 20 when I applied. I just heard from, you know, someone that worked there, my aunt, she was like, Oh, they're hiring. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I mean, I had an idea, right. But, uh, sounded like it could be interesting. Um, uh, good, good benefits, good time off, you know, and all that good stuff that 21 year old thinks about, um, raising a family. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I, ended up doing that for five years and after a few years i just thought like this feels like i'm in jail um and i'll tell you why um the shifts were about 12 and a half hours
1: Mm.
2: five days in a row and then you would get a good then you might get five days off and then you'd work two and get off two so in 14 days you would work seven but it ended up being about 80 hours a little more every two weeks uh, but here's the thing. As soon as you work one overtime day and you get 12 and a half hours of overtime, it starts to become like this little addiction, man. So now you're not working five days in a row, you're working six days in a row with four days off. Or you're working one of your five days off in the middle, right? So you got this just weird, unpredictable just almost unpredictable schedule. Um, every three months you're going from day shift to night shift. So now instead of working six a.m. to six thirty p.m., you're working six P.M. to 6:30 A.M. Uh, your sleep schedule gets all over the place. Your circadian rhythm gets all over the place. I didn't even realize these things at the time. I just knew I felt like shit, right? And like I was eating bad and just not, you know, sleeping in a regular schedule. Uh, but the, and then the main thing is like I would go five days and just really wouldn't even get any sunlight whatsoever because in the winter, you know, you start work at 6 A.M. Sun's not out. Get home at 30 P.M sun's still not, you know, no longer out. And so, and then I would drive like over an hour each way to work. So I, I just got to a point, man, where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't care if I burn the boats and drive this entire thing into the ground. I'm just not doing it anymore. So, uh, after five years, I, I just quit. So
1: then you started to apply the magic that you describe in your book. And, yeah. and I love, I love magic. I, magic's one of my favorite words because I, I love to yeah. see the magic behind everyday life every day. I, yeah. I think all of existence is magical. So I, I really relate to this. And the, can you describe what the, it's an acronym, magic's an, an acronym and the, the M stands for mindset. And can you get into what, how mindset looks and how the person listening can apply the principles in your mindset chapter? Uh, into their life.
2: Yeah. I mean, if I were to kind of, you know, encapsulate the whole thing, mindset is just the idea that anything you see someone else do is proof that it can be done. And at that point, you have to f- realize that it can be done by, an, if it's been done by one human being, it can be done by any human being. And Uh, I mean, another part of mindset is just really realizing how good we have it, you know? I mean, even last night I was kind of just staring out like blankly, like probably daydreaming. And, and it's just like, I realized, like, I, I mean, I still have eyesight, right? There's some people that don't have that. Mm. There are some people that. You know, don't have the, I mean, if you're listening to this right now, you're alive. And that's, you know, I mean, that's that's more than some people have right now. Um, and then we talk about the odds of being born, right? When I, sometimes I have, I mean, did you dude the odds that you would be born are one in 400 trillion? I mean, just, just by listening to this, just the fact that you're listening right now, you won the first race you ever entered. You beat every other swimmer. You made it to the finish line. I mean, how could... It doesn't get much better than that, man. That's for the, mindset,
1: that's the biggest lottery win man, ever. Ever. There's no odds that are that are greater than the odd of of actually being alive today. That was. Yeah. I I love thinking that way, and in so so we're shifting from a mindset of. Uh you know the world's out to get me, or I'm a victim to these circumstances, or things aren't good enough because we have this judger inside of us that's always judging things is not good enough to you're shifting to a mindset of man, look how lucky I
2: am, yeah, that gratitude and just you know trying to see what's possible versus focusing on what is not happening or is not going right at the moment, right.
1: And, and I think uh, focusing on what's possible gets into the A of the acronym AIM. Can you can you describe a little bit what you mean by AIM?
2: Yeah, AIM is essentially goal setting, right? Having goals, having targets, milestones that you're shooting for, you know. There's like finish line goals and then there's marathon goals, right? Finish line is like something that you're trying to achieve. And then once you've achieved it, it's done. And then and there's like the marathon milestone goals where you just keep, keep incrementally up uh improving throughout life so uh, you know it's good to always be aiming for things and and shooting for things you know gives gives purpose and and meaning
1: yeah uh i think about whenever i think of a big goal i always think of uh kennedy saying we will put a man on the moon before and mm-hmm. return him home safely before the end of the decade yeah and um and that was such a definitive and massive goal and he had no idea how to do it. He just said we were going to do it and said it publicly. You know, and then I think of Buzz Aldrin, which is one of the first guys to step down the moon. And he had a 10-year mission to land on that moon and come home safely. And when he came back, he didn't set a new goal. Yeah. And he ended up uh, having a really tough life. I think uh, he battled alcoholism and uh, couldn't keep a job from what I, I know of the story off the top mm-hmm. of my head. Well, how do you continue to set a new goal? So you, you set a goal of becoming a best-selling author and achieved it. Yeah. You know, I so, think it's, so how do we, how know. do we then recalibrate? You know, once you land on the moon, you say, well, what could I do after I landed on the moon? He, he could have done anything. After he landed on the moon, he, he could have recalibrated his goal to change the lives of children that have big dreams. Like, you know, people say that, well, how, how do you, how do you one up landing on the moon? There's so many different areas we can grow. We never peak. Like, I don't care if you won the Super Bowl as the MVP quarterback, you can always set a new goal. that's even bigger than the one you just achieved.
2: Yeah. I think, um, you know, and I'm just speculating, I think in his instance, you know, and, and even to your Point just now, winning the Super Bowl, I think uh, you know the roar of the crowd can be addicting, and um, I'm just speculating. Maybe, maybe no one told him like, "Hey, once you get to the top of this mountain, the only way to get to the top of this mountain over here, you're going to have to go down this one, right? There's going to be the down, the the downward, uh, the the descend, right? Uh, You're not just going to jump from one to the other, so." That, that's that's possibly what it was is maybe you know um w- well regardless it, it's good to re- to to remember that once you achieve a goal and stand on top of the mountain there will be some climbing back down before you start your next one you that, know
1: and, that's beautiful i've never yeah. thought of that
2: because yeah i here, think uh,
1: here 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 you are you've you've gotten to the top of many mountains
2: um yeah. Relatively speaking. Yeah. I mean, just various ones, you, you know, some, some are, some are awesome and some are, are cool to only me. Right. But yeah, I think, I think we're all climbing our own mountains at various times. Yeah.
1: And then when you started on this journey of, of writing a bestseller, you started from the beginning, from the, from the base camp of that. I did. Of that mountain. I did.
2: Yeah. And, and in some ways I'm, I'm descending that mountain as we speak. Right. I'm kinda, kind of thinking about like, okay, what's the next thing? What's, what's the next mountain, you know?
1: And you know, how, how, how do you describe how to pick that goal? What's, what's your recommendation on where to, how to pick something to aim at?
2: Well, so I do have an exercise in the book where you kind of, where you kind of just throw things at the wall, right? Not everything's going to stick. Not everything's, you know, going to it's very important that you don't have an live an unbalanced life, right? If you have 10 business and work goals and zero personal family goals, it's it's probably going to show up somewhere in your life, right? So I've got the six categories and I like to just throw out a bunch of goals in each category. And then from there, just kind of narrow it down of like, which one of these is speaking to me. But before I do that, I just throw everything and I don't filter it at all. Right. So mm. I've got a story in the book of where I thought it would be cool to get a helicopter pilot's license. It sounded amazing to me. I love riding in helicopters. Once I like broke it down and, and realized it was going to cost about 60 grand to do the schooling, it was going to cost about four years of my life in schooling, then a helicopter is probably one, 200 grand. You know, once I did all the math, I thought, you know what, I could probably pay someone to just fly me in a helicopter whenever I feel like it for way less than one to two to $300,000. So, you know, it's got to be relevant to you also. So um, back to your question, Um, you know, just you maybe just set one to two goals in each category at various times and just kind of figure out, you know, which one you're, which one or two are really driving you, Um, but don't lose sight of the other categories.
1: Yeah. I love, I love how you just identified that, you know, we've got six major categories of life. And if we don't filter our goals, we just start to say, Hey, in this category of family uh, or relationships, I've got, I've got an ideal marriage goal. I've got a, being an ideal dad goal. I've, I've got, you know, uh, different ways I want to show up as a son and as a brother uh, and as a friend, and if I can make, if I can like just throw all of these different goals up, then I could say, hey, of this list of ten things I just said in this category, which one is the most exciting to me right now?
2: Yeah,
1: and then yeah. some. I love, I love that you said that, man. I had this goal forever. I was going to be this uh, kite surfer. <laughs> you know, because I love to, yeah. I love to snowboard. I lo- I like to surf. And it looks super cool. And so I kept writing down this goal, I'm gonna be this kite surfer. And I took a couple lessons and I bought a practice kite. And after five years of continuing to say I was gonna do this, I never did it. And yeah. finally I was like, do I really want this? Like, is it Yeah. Is it? Is it really relevant that I act? Because my actions are showing that I don't actually want it. And one day I just finally scratched it and said, I don't want to be a kite surfer, even though it sounded super cool. Uh,
2: You know, I've, I've done the same thing with snowboarding, right? I want to want to, I want to learn. I'm sure I could probably pick it up in a day or two or three. I want to want to, I want to have one more thing that I can also do with my friends. I want to, but you know what? I live in Southern California for a reason. I hate snow and I uh, just don't care enough about it. So this year I just scratched it. You Finally, scratched like it. you said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've gone to, you know, you and I are in a in a mastermind together. They have a winter event every year. I've gone to three or four of them where I thought I was gonna snowboard and then I just ended up hanging out in the hotel and doing other things. I was like, nah, I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah. It's not I just I don't need yet one more thing, you know, to distract me from the the goals I actually am chasing
1: right right and that and and that's a a good point because we can like in each category we can create 10 of these goals and there's (laughs) six there's six categories that's 60 goals yeah of those 60 i like to say hey what's the number one in each category and let's just get six done If I could just get six done and for me, kite surfing might've been number 55 out of 60. For sure. It's going to interfere with other things that are just a higher priority. So let's go game plan. We've got the resource on game plan, but how do we execute game plan? The G of magic.
2: Uh, Game plan is really just, you know, making time for, for, you know, achieving your goals. Um, You know, a lot of people, their goal is to lose weight or their goal is to exercise, but they never actually put exercise in their calendar the same way they would schedule uh, a meeting or the same way they would have like a date night with their, their, their significant other, right? Um, a lot of people, it's like, this is my goal, but there's no game plan and there's no scheduling it out and, and taking the steps to achieve it, right? What would this look like? a month from now, what would I need to do on a monthly basis? What would I need to do on a weekly basis to achieve this goal? One of the things I I do at my event is once once we break it down into like what would you do every month? What what can you do on a daily basis? I say, what could you do in the next 15 minutes to take a step towards this goal? And then I kick everyone out of the room and I say, go do it. Don't come back until you've done it. And so one of I mean one of people's favorite parts of the event is they come they leave the event having taken that first step. Oh, right?
1: so good, man. I just want yeah. to do it up for that.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, like one person's like goal was to lose uh, weight and it's like, okay, cool. Go take a step. Yeah. Go what, call what, it.
1: What's one thing I could do in the next 15? If my goal is to lose weight, what yeah. it's, what is one thing I could do in the next 15 minutes that would be a baby step forward in that direction? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the person I'm thinking of, she came back and was like, all right, I downloaded this app, my fitness pal, and I tracked everything that I've already eaten today.
1: Wow. Right. So that was a so big she's step. Gonna,
2: yeah. So she's going to start tracking food. One lady's goal was to turn, you know, her passion project into an actual business. She stood up and said, I just called my boss and told him I'm going to start working part time now.
1: Oh, um, in 15 yeah. minutes, she called her boss uh, and said, hey, see you, dude, I'm only working half time. I got a passion project.
2: Not going to lie. That one was a little gnarly. I was like, <laughs> "That's all, oh, not dude. kidding. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> no, but, That's but like everybody, massive like, action. everybody's standing ovation. I mean, like, holy, that was great. Yeah. So, and so there's all these little actions, right? One person was like, I, you know, I had been saying that I wanted to mentor someone, I actually called someone that I was thinking about mentoring and asked that person, can I mentor? Would you like a mentor? And the person said, yeah. So,
1: wow. Yeah. And, and the person, if you're, you're listening to the show right now, there's a goal in your heart and I'm just going to challenge you with Josh's exercise here. What is one thing you could do to move yourself, even in the slightest bit forward on that, that you could do in the next 15 minutes and then take that action? You know, maybe it is as simple as making a calendar invite to yourself that you're going to do this thing. Or maybe it's making one phone call or sending one text message or signing up for one course or joining that group or joining that fitness class. There's, there is something, some small action you could take right now that will move you forward to live your best version ever. And we're going to go into the next uh, part of the magic plan, which is I, immersion, Josh, how, how do we get into immersion here?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, immersion is just uh, the the idea that, you know, what wh- what's the fastest way to learn Spanish? Reading it in a textbook or moving to Mexico, right? Yes. I mean One's going one's gonna to teach you Spanish a lot quicker than the other. So, you know, when I, I mean, I always, I use drums as an example, right? So, like, I've been playing drums six years now. I think I'm a lot further along than a normal, like, the typical person that's been playing six years, because I think most people maybe play once or twice a week and then, and, and then six years goes by and they're like, I've been playing six years, but I play every day for hours. Um, but I also kind of immersed myself into that whole thing, right? What did I do? I, I joined, um, I took, I t- signed up for lessons. Um, I joined an adult band where we learn songs and play music together. Um, I saw, on craigslist that some people were looking to jam so i started jamming with them not knowing anything about what i was doing six years ago um i started checking out uh discussion boards right social media groups where these conversations are happening Uh, i started looking at like drumming products and the reviews and learning about drums and about cymbals and about the different parts. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, Oh, Oh, and I signed up for two different drumming camps that were both a week long. So one was in Canada, one was in Ireland, had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I went through these whole week long camps where you're just immersed in this whole thing. Right. So, so just the idea that, you know, uh that that was my version of i guess planting myself in another country to learn the language i planted myself in this entire community to learn the, the language of drumming so and i and i feel like you can do that with with any goal like asking yourself how can i immerse myself in this
1: yeah and, and you know I, I i would think that if i've got a goal to have a better marriage then i could hang out with people who have a marriage that i aspire to have
2: yeah, I mean, you could uh, see a therapist on your own. You could go to couples counseling. You could do couples retreats. Couples retreats, absolutely. Read, read books. I'm sure there are courses on that. Um, so there's there's things.
1: so we can get immersed in any topic, and yeah. uh, and it's really just identifying again with that aim. What's the one thing here? What's this one goal that really is going to excite me the most? And then once I pick it, how do I go all in? like mm-hmm. all in like obsessed about it so that yeah. uh, it actually become i get to the top of the mountain for sure um so then the c uh and i know that um you know we've got this magic game plan again and, and the c is consistency uh can you describe a little bit about consistency for us
2: yeah the c that consistency is about building the habits and turning you know turning these these little Consistency is about tiny, incremental growth over time. It's almost imp- imperceptible at the time, right? When you're doing these things, you do something for one day, you might not notice it the next day. You do something for two days, you're probably not going to notice a difference for three days. 30 days later, you're probably going to notice a difference. So C is all about just building the, those habits, turning, turning routines into habits, right? When you do something for one day, it's not a habit. It's, it's a routine. So that chapter kind of t- tells you how to start a routine. And then at, over time, the routine turns into habits.
1: Yeah, consistency is, is, I think, the magic bullet to creating anything we want in life. And I, I love what you said at the beginning of the show. If one person can do it, any person can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's just who's going to show up and be the most consistent with it. Sure. I, I read a, a book called Bounce. And Bounce was written by a guy who won multiple Olympic medals as a ping pong player. Nice. And his theory was that he wasn't gifted at ping pong. He just happened to be in a situation where he had an older brother, and there was an Olympic ping pong player who lived in his town. And he had a garage that had a ping pong table in it and that he had immersion because he started to hang out with that Olympic coach. And then there was other people that came and played and his brother was just a little bit better than him. And that all the elements were in play for him to become, do the repetitions, the reps consistently enough that he ended up being like the best in the world at ping pong. And he said, anyone could have done what I did if they had had the environment that I had in, you know, we also have to have the passion because other people wouldn't have had the passion. So Kobe Bryant yeah. was shooting a thousand shots a day, like a thousand mm-hmm. shots. And he said, it's boring, but for me to be the best in the world, I have to do, I have to push through what's boring where other people would stop because they're bored.
2: Yeah. That was one of the, that one of the points in, in my book was that hours matter more than talent, you know? And, and I really really learned that through playing the drums because you know i'm not an expert but i can play drums now at a level where 99 percent of the population i think would just think oh he, he must have just had it in him or he must have been born with you either have it or you don't right yeah. or oh he's just got timing and it's like no i i realized that most of learning drums was the boring stuff that that most people don't have the um, the the patience for. So like, if you're going to play a drum beat, it everything, every, it's like, I, I can see now looking, people probably go, oh, how do you move four different limbs in different patterns, right? It's like, oh, it starts as slow motion. It starts with this hit, and then this hit, and then this, and then this foot. And everything starts as like this slow motion thing. And then you're just slowly increasing the speed, right? You're just putting a little bit, more hours, more time into it. Um, so yeah, I, I to your point, I think anyone could play the drums, but most people don't.
1: So when, uh, when I, I read this, I love to play basketball. Like I love it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make the high school team. And I'm like, man, you know, some people have got the talent for basketball. I wasn't born with it. And I read this book and I'm like, oh man, he's just saying that if I had purposeful practice and I had the right coaching and I put in the right amount of reps that I could grow my talent. And so I said, all right, you know, I'm gonna, I'm a grown man. I'm gonna start working with a basketball coach. And I hired a basketball coach. And yeah. then I started to put in the reps and he started to work on my form. And then all of a sudden my shot started to, to fall. And then all of a sudden I wasn't getting the ball taken from me. And then I was like, making unconscious behind the back dribbles when somebody made a move a certain way, but it took rep after rep after rep. Like I was dribbling up and back on the court with the ball behind my back, like losing it into the stands because I just didn't have the skill until I had done it so many times that all of a sudden it was an unconscious behavior. And it really came from this idea. So I'm hoping as you're listening to this show and you're hearing that Josh was not born this amazing drummer that he is now, and that anything you really want to do, if you immerse yourself in it and then you stay consistent, and I think it it requires some coaching. That'll definitely speed up the practice. So you've had drum coaches, I'm sure.
2: For sure. I, I've to, to what you just said, I've hired coaches in tons of things that I've done some things where my friends laugh out loud at me, right? Like we were playing in uh, in, a, in a men's softball league and I wanted to pitch, right? I wasn't just going to go up there and just get hammered. I hired a guy to show me how to pitch, Yeah. right? Um, they laughed at me. It's once a week, dude, where it's underhand slow pitch. What are you getting a coach for? It's like, because uh, I want to hit the plate <laughs> the, this guy has been doing it uh you know so yeah i mean i think back to what you were saying most people are looking and focused on the highlight reels of life and and the, it's not exciting when you first start something right and uh, oftentimes the first 3 months might not be exciting at all and you can get frustrated but man so so it's like having the patience for something 5 years from now you know what could you start today where you're not going to maybe notice a lot in three months from now, but 10 years from now, you'll be an expert. And yeah. that's why. That's what I thought when I took up drumming. I thought I picked up guitar when I was younger. I put it down. Um, I sang in a band for a while. I stopped. What instrument can I just start right now? And I'm going to suck at it. But 10 years from now, if I can just put in a 1,000 hours a year, in 10 years, I got 10,000 hours by most accounts I'd be an expert at it what what you know what what will I commit to and and drums sounded fun and I said I'm just even if it's not fun I'm not gonna stop I'm gonna put 10 years in and become an expert at this instrument and I'm six years in so
1: oh man and and this is the question so we promised at the beginning of the show that we were gonna uh, give a question to the listener that would help them live their best version ever and um, the question is, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And Josh, you say it a little bit different. Uh what's what's the way that you love to ask this question?
2: Oh, I don't know, man. I thought you nailed it.
1: Yeah. And really and I'm going to have to I,
2: open my book and see how did I say that? It, no, I thought, it, that, Josh, I thought that was perfect.
1: Josh's question, I, I took it from his book. Uh, and his book is awesome. I mean you guys have heard the magic formula and to live your best version ever, I, I highly recommend you get this book. And um you're gonna have the free PDF, which is the game plan that, that you can work along to create your best version ever. Just go to goodmoodshow.com and sign up for the newsletter or reach out on our contact page and we will you'll be able to download that instantly or we'll send it to you from the contact page. But the question is from the book exactly, what would you do if you knew you had no limitations? And this, this question is such a good focusing question. It's what's really in your heart. But what holds us back is the thought, oh, I would do that, but I can't.
2: Yeah. And then you think about it and you probably don't have any limitations other than yourself. We
1: don't have any limitations.
2: Yeah. None. Just you.
1: It, it's just my fear. My fear mm-hmm. of would my friends judge me for having a basketball coach? It's just pick up. Yeah, would my friends judge me because I'm taking guitar lessons as a grown man?
2: Yeah, you know they won't. They won't judge you when you dunk on them,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, they still will, but, but, <laughs> but what? What well, the point is? Is that why are we living to everyone else's judgments? Who cares? Not me. And and this is you know my you shared the story about when you were young. You had that teacher say, "Quit trying to be the best." I had my dad saying that. Hmm. My dad was like, I'll pay you to not be good because I think you're too cocky and I want to see you fail. And so then I that creates this stuff where we say people are rooting against me and I don't want to shine too bright. You know, the world is, it, it, you know, when you shine this magnificence, when you shine to your full extent and you really realize you have no limitations that kind of intimidates other people who aren't willing to, to put in the magic, to put in the aim, to have the game plan, to immerse and have, be consistent. So rather than them t- seeing you and saying, I can shine too, they see you and try to put you down so they don't have to feel bad about themselves not shining.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: So the person that, that is going to judge you, that you're worried about, these limitations, this fear, it, it's just someone that is being a naysayer not because of you, but because of their own fear of what they could be.
2: Yeah. Instead, you just want to focus on the, the ones that you're silently inspiring,
1: you know. And there's so many of them. Yeah. There's so many. As soon as we shine our light bright, like, like the, all these people like see us and instead of trying to knock us down, there's like hundreds to, to the everyone that's going to judge us. There's hundreds that are saying, wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for doing that in the world. You've really made a huge difference. I, I face that fear as an author. True. Sure. Man, when I that was the biggest problem for me writing the book was what if I write it and nobody cares?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I yeah, I told my editor that. Like I do not want to put out garbage. So don't let me. <laughs> if at any point if at any point this is not going the way it should, I'm okay with scrapping it. <laughs>
1: And and you and you went for it, man. You wrote and you wrote a bestseller. And I, I'm so proud of you, man. Um, and I'm I'm sure there's people that are listening to the show that are gonna want to learn more from you. How how could people continue to learn from you, Josh?
2: Yeah, just go to bestversionever.com. Made it real simple. Um, any messages or whatnot that you send there go straight to me. So that's probably the easiest way.
1: My brother, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for writing the book. And for being on this show and inspiring all of us. It's, it's been just a pleasure.
2: My pleasure, man. Thank you. All right. We'll see you.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. For free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head over to thegoodmoodshow.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place.